bless me tremendously. I will call upon the name of the Lord. It was the first song that was sung. What a song. And then revival. It's one of my favorite songs, Brother Matt. Brother Larry has already alluded to how important it is for us to see revival, the brooding of the Lord, the Spirit of God. And then we sung, Who Shall I Fear or Whom Shall I Fear? Are you glad that as a believer in Christ Jesus, we don't have to fear anyone or anything? And then Worthy is the Lamb. Darlene Check wrote that song many years ago out of Australia. Just a beautiful, beautiful song, and it still has legs to it. It's still alive. Last week, we had the privilege of hearing a very special, special person speak, Antoinette Joyner. And it resonated. It was wonderful. She started off with a good illustration. Uh, I didn't know what she was doing with her pocketbook. She brought it up and she explained to us all about what we carry. Well, this morning I've got an illustration. She challenged me. So, Antoinette, I hope this meets your approval. I want to thank my wife. Didn't she do a wonderful job of setting this table? Would you thank her for doing that? Jesus has the table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people to come and dine. With his manna he doth feed and supplies our every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. What a song, what a challenge for you and I in a culture today where we are so isolated. My wife, we enjoy eating. You, I'm sure, enjoy eating. And there is much in the Bible that speaks of food and eating. Uh, don't check out on me today well, as long as I'm talking about food because that's what I'm going to talk about is food. Uh, I want everyone to have an outline of the sermon today. Uh, it is the royal invitation. And by accident, uh, there was another outline given. It's the power of Pentecost. And I simply wanted to run some of those off for, because today is Pentecost Sunday. And I'm not going to preach on Pentecost, but as I think of Pentecost, I think how this great experience with the early church and with us today, experience great Pentecost. And because of this great experience, there was a great transformation uh, the disciples were changed immensely and they began to turn their world upside down simply because of Pentecost. And for the early church, for the early church, 
the Holy Spirit was very active in the people's lives. And I believe it's for us today. Amen? Uh, I believe it's for the church to have that Pentecostal experience with the anointing of God, with the power of God, seeing the signs, the wonders, and the miracles. And yes, the early church spoke in tongues, and this church is a Pentecostal church, and yes, we speak in tongues. Of course, the Apostle Paul in the book of Corinth said it's straight because they were abusing and misusing the tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. But if they are like they should be, they are a tremendous blessing. And our culture, our, our society, the church needs a special outpouring and a Pentecostal experience. Now, if you do have the wrong outline and you don't have the royal invitation, I want you to have that. It's very important that you have the outline. I hope you'll get that. If you need another outline or need the outline and you did not get one, Brother Steve is anxious, ready, and willing to hand you an outline. Just slip up your hand. Would you do that? Anyone that does not have a line, and Brother Chip is helping him out. So I want everyone to have an outline. Reading some scripture today found, first of all, from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 7. The wise man says, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. I just finished talking about the early church. I want to read a verse of scripture that's found in the book of Acts that is very important when it comes to the activity of the early churches in Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Notice your introduction on your outline. In the fast-paced, tech-saturated, attention-deficit-disordered culture. It's a tongue twister. But it's very important because we're living. I mentioned a while ago we enjoy going out to eat. I must say that often, if not almost every time we go out to eat, that we see tables, whether it's, I, I just saw it just the other day, of young people. They don't talk. You know what they're doing? I see people, we see people go in, see people go in the restaurant, and they just sit there, and they eat, and they don't talk. The art of communication is being lost. But one of the ways that we can enjoy that is through eating. And let me read it again in the fast-paced, tech-saturated attention deficit disordered culture in which we find ourselves Christians need to recover the art of a slow meal around the table 
with people we care about. Sharing tables nourishes us both physically and spiritually. Stay with me. We need a recovery of the spiritual significance of what we eat, where we eat, and whom we eat with. The dinner table is a place of connection, a place of blessing. Perhaps, listen, before we invite people, oh, I love this statement, listen at it carefully. Perhaps before we invite people to Jesus or invite them to church, we should invite them to dinner. Whoa. Notice the last sentence. The table is a place to connect eating together. Strengthens a family. It helps us. It helps us to get to know people. And I would encourage us all to enjoy sitting at the table. Jesus has the table spread. Mainly, we're going to sit with Jesus Christ. You see, it matters not about COVID. It matters not about a virus. It matters not about the pandemic. You can sit down and enjoy a good meal with Jesus Christ. Amen? And I believe this morning that he is inviting each one of us. Come and dine. Come and dine. Sit with me. Eat with me. You say, preacher, we can't sit with Jesus. We can't even see him. We can spiritually. We can commune with him. We can fellowship with Jesus Christ. Hunger is one of the most basic of human desires. And in the Bible, it is one of the most important concepts related to, listen to this, salvation related to faith and one's, certainly one's experience with God himself. When Jesus said, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, he certainly wasn't trying to be gory and talking about his own flesh. He was speaking spiritually. The psalmist says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? Oh, I love that oh. You'll find that in the beginning of a lot of verses. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is is good. Food in the Bible, the Bible refers to food 1,207 times. This is taken from a website knowing Jesus. Particular foodstuffs in the Bible includes flour, it includes honey, butter, cheese, and certainly, often, it includes fish. Genesis 1, the creation of the fruit tree. In other words, you find food mentioned from Genesis to Revelation. And the tree of life is mentioned in Genesis, the first chapter of the book of Genesis. It's also mentioned in the last chapter of Revelation. So the book case is set. And between it is a lot of fellowship a lot of eating going on. In the Old Testament, listen to this, milk and honey are used to symbolize the land's fertility. And then in Luke, eating is mentioned, notice this, 31 times. 
in Mark 26 times, Matthew 20 times, and in the book of St. John, eating is mentioned as, as it were 14 times. From Adam, fruit trees, manna, then the wilderness, loaves and fish that Jesus spread. You know, food is mentioned with Esau. A character in the Bible, son of Jacob. I'm sorry, Isaac. Esau sold his birthright for what? A pot of stew beef or whatever it was for food. So it's important that we understand that God is calling the church to enjoy fellowship to enjoy communion, not only with the Lord Jesus Christ, but also with each other. Sharing meals helped build the early church. Eating together was one of the earliest hallmarks of Christian fellowship, and we've read it into your hearing. I want to read it again. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, this is the early church, this is the believers that were saved and coming together from house to house. They ate their food with what? Gladness and simplicity of heart. Now, I believe breaking of bread there means communion, but it also means, if you notice, it also means, and translated from a Greek phrase, used to denote, denote sharing a wonderful meal and a time of fellowship and relaxation with friends. So when you eat together, slow down. When you eat together, enjoy talking about Jesus Christ. I have at the bottom here where uh, most of us know we learned about Zacchaeus when we were kids in Sunday school. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Most of us know he was short and he wanted to see Jesus. He was a very rich man, religious man. So he ran ahead of Jesus, the crowd. He couldn't see him. There's too many people thrown at him, gathered around him. So he said, I really want to see Jesus. So he ran ahead of Jesus and climbed up in a sycamore tree. Wow, I can get to see Jesus now. Jesus comes along with the entourage of the people. They were around him. And right under the limb, right under where Zacchaeus was was perched. He stopped. And Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus and had said, Come down, Zacchaeus. Because today, and I don't care where you are, you can be a tree, you can be in a tree limb, you can be going through the worst time of your life. I don't care who you are. Jesus is inviting you. And he's not only inviting you. He's inviting his own self to Zacchaeus' house. Wow. Wow. You ever had people to do that to you? Hey, I'm coming to your house today. Wait a minute. I'm, the floor's not mobbed. The floor's not clean. The house is a mess. You can't come to my house today. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Now, it doesn't say that they ate, but I believe with all of my heart. 
that they had a good meal. And they enjoyed fellowship. And it revolutionized this tax, this man, this tax collector, this religious man. Zacchaeus so much. Until he told Jesus, he said, Lord, he not only repented, I believe, but I believe he had a change of heart. Lord, I'm going to restore many fold. If I've cheated anyone, I'm going to restore fourfold. It meant something for Jesus Christ to come to Zacchaeus' house and see Zacchaeus transformed by the power of God. We need that kind of transformation. Amen? A transformation that changes a person's life. Not just words. Someone says, well, I repented. Did you change? Did you go a different way? That's what repentance is. I'm talking about breaking bread, enjoying. We find today that the hungry soul searches for constant meals of righteousness as the, as, even as the body craves physical food. I'm talking about people that are hungry. People that desire to be filled with God's presence. We have a hunger to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Many today is suffering from spiritual malnutrition. They're anorexic when it comes to the spiritual food that they partake of. Because we eat too much junk food. You like junk food? You like to go to the fast food place, just drive by and put it in there and park somewhere and enjoy Bojangles, Chick-fil-A, Wendy's. Now don't you leave home and get hungry. But you need to go somewhere where you can sit down sometimes. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Where you can sit down and say, God, I'm here. I'm here to enjoy your blessings. That's what we do when we come to church. That's what you're doing now. You're sitting at the Lord's table. You're feasting on the very word of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You're eating his word. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The sustenance, that that keeps you going, that that keeps you alive, that that gives you strength and stability is God's word. And if we don't feast on the word of God every day or every week, we miss out spiritually. Get you a nice Bible, a translation that you can understand. Carve out time in your busy daily life and say, Lord, I'm going to sit down. And I'm going to read thus what thus saith the Lord. I want, to, I want to read this word. Now you may read it sometimes and get nothing from it. But if you'll continue to read it. Read the book of St. John. Especially the book of Psalms. Read it. Digest it. Enjoy it. Live on it. Grow on it. It strengthens you. Having lunch with Jesus. Jesus enjoyed eating. He dined with purpose. He took advantage of every meal to teach, to guide, to touch, 
and if necessary to challenge or even at times while he was eating to rebuke. You remember when, when he was eating and, 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 and the, the woman came and was washing his feet with very expensive oil? And they began to complain, especially Judas, no wonder. He complained about the oil that this woman used to pour on Jesus' feet. He said, that's enough. We could have sold that and had enough for a year's earning. Wow. Jesus rebuked him and said, wait a minute. This is for my death. Wouldn't you like to kneel at his feet and wash his feet today? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to have that kind of relationship? To eat at the, to, to sit at the feet of Jesus. Jesus ate with a variety of people. The wedding feast at Cana, at Matthew's house, eating with tax collectors, sinners, the house of Simon the Pharisee, feeding of the 5,000. This is when Jesus was involved in eating and feeding, feeding the 4,000 men, the house of Mary and Martha, the house of Simon the leper. And then, of course, the Last Supper with his disciples. I love the story of the two men on the way, the disciples on the way to Emmaus. I don't have time for that story, but it's a great story if you'd read it. How that Jesus, at the end of their uh, journey, sat down and ate with them and broke bread. And they, they began to see the spiritual things. Let Jesus reveal to you the spiritual things. You're saying to me, Pastor, are you telling me Jesus ate with the Pharisees? Are you telling me that he ate with the tax collectors and the hard sinners of his day? Yes, he did. I like what Matt Fisher wrote. Jesus didn't eat with sinners and tax collectors because he wanted to appear inclusive. I love this. Tolerant and accepting. He ate with them to call them to repentance. Can you say amen? I love that statement. No, I don't want you to get the idea that he agreed with what their lifestyle was. But he loved them. He fellowshiped with them. He ate with them. He invited them to a relationship. Jesus knew what it was to eat with them. Jesus' table companions. I want you to think, if you can, and, and, and go beyond the natural and think about the spiritual food, as I was mentioned, mentioned a while ago, that we need to partake of in order for us to sustain ourselves. We are constantly being pulled by the world. We are constantly being bombarded by the world. And it's a drain on our spiritual man. It's a drain on our spiritual woman. And we become weak and, as I said, anemic. We've got to be built back up. We've got 
to restore that. And I believe in restoration. I believe in Jesus Christ coming. Touching our lives in a very special way. I mentioned to you Zacchaeus. The man that Jesus changed his life simply by visiting him in the home. The seven disciples, and I'll get on that. The disciples came to land, thus obeying Christ's command. For the master called unto them, come and dine. There they found their heart's desire, bread and fish upon the fire. Thus he satisfies the hunger every time. Not only Zacchaeus, not only the seven disciples, but the church at Laodicea. Now, I want to get into these because I think it's very important because there are lessons, there are truths, there are messages. As we use the metaphor, the analogy of eating with Jesus, there's, there, there are lessons that we learn. There are principles that we learn to live by. The church at Laodicea. You left your first love. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you, that's what he's saying to all of us today. If you will open that door, I will come in and sup with you. Dine, I like that word better. The King James, I will come in and sup with you. But the word is dine. Jesus said, are you hungry? Are you famished? Are you hurting? Are you struggling with doubt and confusion? Open the door. Open the door through prayer. Open the door through faith. And say, come on in, Jesus. Sit down with him. Listen to him. Eat with him. Participate. He said to the church, at Laodicea, you open up and I'll come in and sup with Not maybe, not perhaps. You said, Pastor, you think the Lord would come in with me? Oh, yes. He desires to sit with you, talk to you. Be like John, the beloved. He sat at the table with Jesus, but that wasn't good enough. He laid his head over on his chest. He loved him so. Do you love Jesus? Zacchaeus, the seven disciples, the church of Laodicea, the road to Emmaus. And then, of course, the disciples at the Lord's table. Second Samuel, I'm closing. Brother Matt, would you folks like to come? Listen to me. Second Samuel tells one of the most beautiful stories about the grace of God. Saul was the king of Israel. A man that sought to take David's life and to kill him. 
but he never did. Saul and Jonathan, his son, both of them died at the same time, the same day, in the same battle. David, after a strong, a long struggle, finally became king. And here was Saul dead, Jonathan, his son, dead. And David began to inquire. He said, is there someone in the lineage of Saul and Jonathan that I can show kindness to? Ziba, Z-I-B-A, Ziba, one of the leaders said, yes, there's one. There's one by the name of Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan, or he is Jonathan's son. He's down at a place called Lodibar. Lodibar. Many of us are there. A place of deadness. A place of need. Mephibosheth is down there. In fact, when the enemy came in to take the city, his nurse, his nanny, his nanny picked him up as a baby. And she ran out with him. And while she was running out, she dropped him. And Mephibosheth from that time on was crippled in his legs or his feet, the Bible says. He couldn't walk. But David said, I want to show kindness because there was a covenant between Jonathan and myself. And Jesus wanted to show kindness to us because there was a covenant between Abraham God in us. We are a covenant people. <laughs> and David said, you go get him. And so they took off and they found in Lodabar, Mephibosheth. And when David said that, he said, I want you to bring him. Because I got a place my son said, this is what it says. My sons said here. Mephibosheth off, was off, lonely, broken, afflicted, miserable. Are you there now? Are you in that place where you really need to come and be invited to the Lord's table, Brother Michael? Brit, our youth pastor. I like what he said. We gather at God's table and he said, there's a place sitting for you. They brought Mephibosheth to the castle. No doubt he was poor, ragged, hunger, hungry. And they brought him in. No doubt he didn't know what was going on. Because usually when another king came along, he would kill competitive people. 
They had to pick him up and carry him. And they brought him in. Where did they put him? Not way off somewhere. Not away from the king and his sons because they were royalty. But they brought, they carried Mephibosheth and set him right down. And David said, he will eat at my table. And the devil have, has so many people isolated today. Away from the very nourishment, the life. Jesus said, I am life. Not a one of us that couldn't be somewhere else today. Shopping, eating somewhere, playing golf somewhere. But you're here today. You're here today to hear that Jesus has the table spread. Where the saints of God are fed, he invites his chosen people. Come and dine. There his manna he doth feed and supplies our every need. Are you listening? You think the world's going to satisfy you? You think the junk food, the dainties of the world is going to satisfy you? No. But you can Put your feet under the table of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take that fork and that spoon and that knife. Now for us, we want to fill these plates with potatoes. Boy, I love potatoes. Fried chicken, I love. We live in the South. Collards. Here's one, rutabagas. Now, you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm from the country, rutabagas. And good old homemade biscuits. My wife can make some of the best. You make biscuits, honey? I know so you, probably some of you moms, maybe some of the dads, you can make some of the nicest. Listen, Bojangles can't compare with my wife's biscuits. And we'll serve that. But let me tell you what Jesus serves. He serves peace. When the doctorate Duke looks at you and tells you you've got three months to live. That was three years ago. You've got three years to live. I'm still living. It's been over three years. Three months to live. Jesus comes along with his supply of peace. He said, eat a, eat a helping full of it. <laughs> eat a helping full of my peace, joy. When you've been so bad, you don't think nobody or anything can happen in your life. He fills your bowl full of grace. Grace upon grace. Grace after grace. Because His grace reaches out and touches your life. When your sins 
are so black. You live the life of immorality. And Jesus said, here's the good helping of the blood of Jesus Christ. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. Get a good helping of it. Come on. By faith. You said, brother, now how do we do it? By faith. God, I got to hush. Father, we all were like Mephibosheth, isolated down in the land of Lodabar. We wondered if it ever would change. And yet when we came to you, and God, this morning you invited us to a place setting. You're inviting us to your table, Lord. It's full of good things. And may we be like the psalmist, way we taste, taste, and see that the Lord is good. Feed us, feed us, feed us your spiritual food. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one looking around and you you know in your heart that you aren't ready to meet the Lord but you want to be you know in your heart at one time you knew what it was to have a relationship with Jesus Christ can you do reach out and touch the Lord I don't know if you can if you can't that's okay you know in your heart that you need Jesus you know in your heart you need to pull up under the table of the Lord and and, and enjoy the blessings that he has for you. Slip up the hand, say, Pastor, pray for me. God bless you. Come on. Come on. The word came this morning to be bold. In order to receive from God, we got to get beyond the pride. We must Get beyond the fear of someone seeing us. We must say, God, I'd rather have you than anything in the world. And if no matter what I have to do, I'm going to do it. You're here today and you want that experience with Jesus Christ. Is there another hand? You'll slip it up and say, pray for me. God bless you. I see that one. Is there another one? There's several hands going up. Pray with me, saints. Pray with me. Come on. Did you get that song? Reach out, touch the Lord. And touch the Lord as He goes by. You'll find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. Well, this path sing by this moment, right this moment. Stand with us. Sing it. Oh, reach out and touch the Lord as He sing it. Sing it, John. Oh.
Let's come and stand around the altar. Come on. Members and guests alike, come on, stand around the altar. Sing it again. Reach out and touch the Lord. Reach out. Come on, everyone step out in the aisle. Just step right out in the aisle. Come right on up. Get close. If you want to wear your mask, that's fine. Come on, come around the table. That's right, come on around the table. Come out on up close. As he, everybody sing it. Reach out. You'll find. Now, Father, we all are standing in your presence, whether we're at the altar or in our pews. We're standing in your presence. God, give us the sustenance that we need. Give us, Lord, those things that our heart so hungers for. And Lord, as we would hunger for, for the natural food, Help us to hunger for the spiritual food. Fill us, Lord. Feed us, Lord. Bless this day. Lord, for those that raise their hands, we ask you to stretch forth your hand. Lord, as we lift our hand, you touch us with your hand. Minister in Jesus' name. Meet the need of every individual in this church today. Touch every heart and every life. We surrender to you. We take this morning and we put our feet under your table. We tuck our napkin around our neck and we begin to feast on your wonderful blessings in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Reach out and touch the Lord. You'll find he's not too busy Oh, reach out and touch the Lord. Somebody's getting a blessing today. Receive it. Lift your hands and sing it. Come on. Reach out. Touch him right now. Touch the Lord by faith today. Hallelujah. Receive by faith today in Jesus' holy and precious name. He's passing by.
child. Receive. As he goes. It does not matter what you need from God today. Listen at me. It does not matter. You can need salvation. You can need healing. You can need deliverance. You can need that refilling. You can need the, re, you can re, need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It does not matter. You can receive it today. Amen? You can receive it today.